This is Best Show Gems, the best of the best show on WFMU. My name is Tom Sharpling. I'm the host of the best show on WFMU. And I guess I'm the host of Best Show Gems also. As I said earlier, Best Show Gems, it's a sliver, a slice, a sampling of what we do during the full three-hour extravaganza that is the best show on WFMU. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this. Or actually, if you're working out, lean up and get excited and get ready to enjoy another installment of Best Show Gems. Hey, did anybody ever hear a band... uh... You remember a band back in the late 80s called uh, Black Tiger? They were a uh, a heavy metal, kind of like that uh, that hair, I guess hair metal is what you'd call it. They were a hair metal band from the late 80s, pretty popular, and, it, you know, kind of faded pretty hard, as a lot of those bands did. Um, I guess one of the things that, you know, I can use this show for if, uh, if I can just talk for a second is a way to write things in a way to, to write wrongs because, uh, it's, it's a forum and I would say a, uh, I have something in my past that was, uh, kind of wrong with this band, uh, Black Tiger who uh, were from Newbridge and uh, the Newbridge area. And I got a hold of the guy's uh, number, Ty, and he was the vocalist. And I really would love to just... uh, I'd love to just jerk him around for a little bit on the air. So go to our magic little phone here. Uh, hello, I'm looking for Ty Clark. That's me. Hey, Ty. Uh, you're Ty Clark from uh, Black Tiger. Yes, yeah. Um, hey, I just was giving you a call. Uh, my, uh, this is uh, Edmund Ross over at uh, VH1. Really? And uh, Yes, yes, and we have the... Uh, are you familiar with the show called Bands Reunited? Yeah, sure am. I've, I've I've watched a couple episodes. Yeah. Well, we were just giving a call, uh, you know, just seeing uh, about your band, uh, Black Tiger. We're interested in maybe doing a, uh, a at least a profile on you guys. Wow. You know, possibly going all the way with the, uh, you know, the a uh, segment, or an you know an episode. Really, that's that's very cool. Now. Uh, Ty, you uh, you are in the Newbridge area now, right? Yeah. And uh, can you just catch me up a little bit? I mean, I have some of the notes. I guess the uh, the big album was on the Prowl. Oh yeah, on the Prowl. Uh, that was our uh, that was our I guess our biggest album that came out in 1988. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, we had we had two uh, pretty big singles off that one. Uh, one called Rough Lover, and the other uh, the big power ballad that I think we're probably best known for, which was called Genie. Yeah. And uh, 
How many copies did On the Prowl sell? Gosh, off the top of my head, uh, it's it's got to be at least three million. Really? Yeah. Okay, so Black Tiger were uh, one of the premier heavy metal bands of the era. Well, we, you know, I I don't think it's too far off to say that we were at one point the biggest band in in metal. The biggest band in metal. Yeah. In what what year are we talking about? This is uh, well, you know, our, our biggest record was was '88, but we we kept rolling, you know. But uh, yeah, around uh, around '88, definitely the biggest band in metal. Uh, well, I mean, what about uh, Guns N' Roses? Well, I wouldn't call that metal, really. I, I, I don't see how you could say that. You wouldn't say Guns N' Roses is metal? No, G and R were more hard rock, you know, like uh, like Faster Pussycat and uh, L.A. Guns and Smash Gladys, that kind of thing. And that, that's more hard rock? That's hard rock, yeah. Uh-huh. I, cause, uh, and what about groups like... Uh, White Snake. White Snake? Yeah. That's 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 like that's like pop metal. Pop metal. Yeah. No. That's not uh, I thought that was uh I thought that was just metal. No. No, no. Metal is like, you know, is like Black Tiger, Dokken, Keel, Warren, Slaughter, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. And you guys were uh you guys were not you guys were just metal then. We're metal. We weren't hard rock. We weren't heavy metal either. Uh-huh. Pure metal. He- metal, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. What was the follow-up to uh, On the Prowl? Well, uh, on, uh, on the Prowl came out in 88, and then we had a record called Untamed in in, in 90. Mm-hmm. That was the follow-up. Uh, let me just say that, that I, 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 I really thought I'd be getting this call about a year ago. When I heard that this show was in the works. Yeah. Well, we're interested in doing something for the second season, maybe. Well, that's a little bit of a disappointment. You know, I, I feel like... Well, you know, is, the, is the band... Uh, is I, a reunion uh, something you think we could pull off? I, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's, it's tough to say. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I haven't spoken to those guys in... Last time I spoke to those guys was actually uh, at a... Uh, Kind of a, not a hearing, but it, it, it was it was at a law office. Uh huh. And what, when was that? Oh God, that was about uh, it was two thousand, I think. Uh huh. And yeah. what was that a fight over? It was a fight over the name. Uh huh. Yeah. And who who owns the name Black Tiger right now? That's a that's a delicate situation. Uh, at one point, uh, the four of us owned it. Uh, me, Ty, uh, Sammy, Gordo, and and, and Randy. Yeah. Well, and then who owns it now? Technically, I own it because I I wrote the majority of the songs. Uh, Sammy Sammy wrote, you know, he he co-wrote with me, but you know the percentage was different. Uh, Gordo and Randy really don't have a have, have anything at this point. I kind of t- I, t- I kind of took it away from them. You took it. You took what away from them? The, the, any obli- any any way for them to use the name? Uh huh. You know. Now what what uh. So, so are you currently fronting a Black Tiger? I'm about to uh, em- embark on on a, on a little solo tour. Uh, yes, yeah. And who is in Black Tiger now? Uh, is Sammy Sinclair in Black Tiger? No. Gordo, you said uh, 
No? No. How about your brother, Randy? No, Randy, I really... Randy and I are not good, on good terms at all. Uh-huh. And now that... Uh, so you're going to take... You're going... Black Tiger's going to tour now, and you're not... Uh, you don't have any original members in the group. No. But that doesn't really matter, because, you know, I, I'm... People see it, and, they, you know, they'll see, you know, they... They they know that it's it's me. You know they they know that I am black black tiger. Mm hmm. Well, uh, we'd love to get a segment on with you guys, but uh, if you're doing a current black tiger, I don't know if that's uh, if that's something we could do. I mean, if black tiger exists in in you know in some form, then it's it, it's not it's not there's nothing to reunite. I'm sure we could work something out. We're talking. Can you guarantee me that we'll be on? Um, let me just ask: Is the Black Tiger story interesting enough? Do you think? Oh, I, I, I think it's one of the greatest rock and roll stories ever told. The the story for Black Tiger. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, uh, give give me a juicy story. Well, well, let me give you some backstory. I get. I guess that's 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 what uh, you're you're. Tenuous knowledge of metal and hard rock leads me to believe that you might need the whole story. Okay. Okay. Um, basically, we were signed to RCA in, in uh, late 1987. Mm-hmm. And like I said, our, our album on the Prowl came out in '88. Sure. Had the, had the two hit singles. Okay. Rough Lover and uh, and Genie. Sure. Uh, gosh, the, I think the two weeks after the record came out, we were on the road with Slaughter and Cinderella. And that was such a blast. I, was, I look back on that as, as still probably the, the best time of my life. You know, it was crazy. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You know, I, I was guilty of uh, partaking in all three. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I, I'm not lying when I say that I was involved in a couple fivesomes. Fivesomes? Yeah. Really? No dudes. No dudes. Okay. Um, and I should say... Um, <laughs> Keep us under your hat, okay? One of those was with the uh, the then mayor of Newbridge, the town, you know, the town that I I uh, I grew up in. the The then mayor of Newbridge's wife. Really? Yeah, very hot stuff. Okay. Yeah, she was hot. Uh, so, so when Jeannie hit, you know, we were just completely over the moon, you know. Sure. And uh, you know, we felt like this was personally. I knew this is where I belonged, and this is where where I I was destined to be. You know, in the big time, and we felt like we were headed for world domination, and uh, it, it it was kind of weird between us and other bands because I I could definitely sense that the other bands sense that oh geez the jig is up okay these guys are you know the uh, the heir apparent you know to the uh, you know to the crown of Zeppelin or you know whatever you want to call it you know really and, like I said we did become the biggest band in metal. But uh, but Guns N' Roses were were bigger. But Guns N' Roses was hard rock. No, I would call that metal. It's hard rock. That's just hard rock. It's more like kind of kind of bluesy Aerosmith based. You know uh -huh. what I mean? There were bigger b bands than Black Tiger. Yes. Not in metal. Sure. Like who? Well, uh, name name. Who did you tour with first? You toured with Slaughter. Slaughter, Cinderella. Uh huh. Cinderella were bigger than you guys. I don't think so. Well, I know so. Well, how do you know? They sold more records. I don't think they did. 
Uh, they did. What was their first album? Uh, their first album sold over three million copies. I doubt that. Well, I don't know. I mean, let me put it this way: who, who's who's more fondly remembered? Uh, neither. Black Tiger. Probably neither group. What? what? It's probably like a two-way tie for last. I, I don't know what that means. Let me get back to the story, okay? Okay. So we go on. You know, the the album's huge. The album's just like massive. You know, it's like. Women to the left of me, women to the right, you know, like mm-hmm. the song goes. But uh, you know, the stakes were a little higher at this point, and um, we had the same agent as as Guns N' Roses. Uh huh. And he got us on a leg of the Appetite tour. The Appetite for Destruction tour, exactly. Yeah, one of the biggest was, yeah, at the time was the biggest tour happening. It was one of the biggest tours in the history of metal, of hard rock. Nah, hard rock metal. Anyway. We ended up leaving that tour. Uh-huh. Yeah, we didn't get treated that, that great. Okay. What would, what, what would lead uh, a band like Black Tiger, who were one of the uh, preeminent bands in metal right. at the time, to, to feel uh, that they were not being treated to what uh, they expected? Well, they, you know, they said we were posers. Who said that? GNR. That you guys were posers. Yeah, you know, but... Uh, is that because you guys had the the teased out hair and well, the, you know, we had that, we had that, you know, go, and going the spandex, uh, yeah, and like snakeskin boots. Sometimes that, usually, you know, the big puffy white sneakers, though. The yeah, and uh, but and Guns and Roses were more uh, down and dirty. They had what 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 we would call behind their backs that kind of study druggy look. Uh huh. You know. Yeah, they had that, and I guess people viewed that as more legit. Well, they were totally into this guy, Johnny Thunder, or something, you know? Who? Johnny Thunder. Uh-huh. You know, so that's where, that's kind of what... Johnny what, Thunders? I, Johnny Thunder? Well, Johnny, I, I don't know what it is, but uh, I kind of like, you know, look how wasted I am kind of look. Yeah, well, let's get to it. Uh... Okay, anyway, so basically we were posers. We chalked it up to them being jealous, you know, because Jeannie was doing so well. And more importantly, we were much better looking than they were. Uh-huh. But it got to the point where, you know, they were playing pranks on us. Their crew would hide our instruments. Uh, you know, we'd go out on stage sometimes, and the drum set would be gone. The the actual drum set would yeah. be gone. It's like, house lights down. Ladies and gentlemen, you please welcome Black Tiger. We'd come out there, you know, and Randy's like... Dude, my drums are missing. So then what what do you guys do? Well, they thought it was really funny, you know, the uh-huh. GNR guys and their crew, but, you know, it, it did hamper our show because it was a good 15 minutes before the drums were back up and mic'd. You know, by that point, we had time for, like, four songs. Well, that's kind of funny. Not, uh, not to me. You know, our first night we got booed. Uh-huh. Someone threw a bottle, and it uh, tore through my wetsuit. Wetsuit. Yeah, you were wearing a wetsuit on a lo- stage. A lot of us wore wetsuits back then. You know, it's kind of kind of in vogue, living color. That's kind of where I got I, I got it from. From the guy in live in living color. Yeah, it just seems sexy, you know. Yeah, girls liked it. So you took a lot of uh, influence from in living color. Oh, just you know, I liked I I took things from everybody, you know. Uh huh. You know, but uh, 
Now, let me hear uh, what the follow-up uh, to uh, On the Prowl, I guess, was uh, Untamed, which I guess is uh, pretty much regarded as a, as a flop. Well, you know, it. it uh, some people just didn't get it. You know, that's that's kind of when things really started to go downhill for us. You know, around then, uh, R A and R guy pulled a total dumbass move, and he made us record uh, a version of Year of the Cat. You know that song, the Al Stewart song. Exactly for you know for our follow up. He he thought it would be clever, and our, our manager pulled it to, you know pulled a total choke job, and he agreed with him. So we had to record this dumb song, and. Uh, and that was was that the lead off cut? Exactly, yeah. And, and what did you, you wanted a different cut to be the lead off cut? I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it, you know, it did. It didn't happen. You know, the guy that uh, our manager was just a total creep, and and he is the same guy that pulled a choke job and caved into the label when they uh, told him we couldn't dye four tigers black and ride them on stage to get our platinum awards. So it was just you know, this guy was just like a, a wet noodle when it came to. Standing up to, to uh, the label. And now that's for the on that was for the on the prowl record because exactly because the untamed record did not uh, achieve. I guess if you figure three million copies sold of uh, on the prowl and then uh, untamed comes up, you guys are uh, not even halfway to gold. Well, it didn't do quite as good. Yeah. Yeah, I think it it sold like uh, probably like two hundred thousand copies. It did two hundred twenty thousand. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, but that was not the end of the band. Oh, no, no, no. You know, it was tough. We, that second record, you know, we, e even before that, things were, things were kind of, you know, turning bad. There were, there were a lot of feuds between our band and other bands, you know, it was like, just kind of. Like what other, well, you mentioned the Guns N' Roses thing. Yeah, what there was other that band? one. That was the big one. Uh, uh, you know, Tame Me Down from Faster Pussycat. Uh-huh. He hated me. All right. Yeah. And you got into it with him? He got into it with me. He uh -huh. thought I pulled, you know, I pulled something on him, but, you know. So you guys had it out? Yeah, basically he, you know, I, I boned this woman in a hot tub, and it turned out to be his, his Aunt Helen. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that was not cool. Uh, Bobby Blosser from Rat, he and I got into a huge fight because I said he played drums like he had two wieners in his hands. Mm-hmm. You know, and I ended up stabbing him. You stabbed Bobby yeah. Blotzer from Rat. Yeah, it was at this after-show uh, party for the Scorpions. Okay. And, you know, we were drinking and stuff, and there was, like, some knockworks or something nearby, and big knife there, and, you know, he tried to give me a wedgie in front of these groupies. So, uh, also, Rick from Tesla. Uh-huh. Rick from Tesla and our bassist, Gordo. Uh-huh. Had a big rivalry. Big rivalry. They still have a big rivalry. Who has a rivalry? Gordo and Rick from Tesla. Really? Yeah. See, they're both like champion sub-eaters. Like sub-sandwiches? Exactly, yeah, yeah. And we toured with them, you know, around, like, I guess, 89 or so. And, uh, you know, on, on off days, there'd be, be these big sub-eating contests. Like, when you say champion, you mean, like, actual... Oh, recognized, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep, um... I know that uh, Rick is a, uh, I think he's a multi-state uh, sub-eating championship, and he represents Blimpies in, in some states. From Tesla? Yes, exactly. And Gordo is, you know, Gordo's uh, pretty far in there with Subway. 
So the two of them really went uh, head to head. Yeah, I mean it was a rivalry. It, it was it was good nature, but sometimes it, you know it would it would take it to to, an, to another level. But uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, so we on these off days we have these big sob eating contests and things, and uh, it was kind of harmless at first, but it, it it really drove a wedge between our bands. And uh, um, you know, he's not proud of this, but it came to the point where Gordo actually tried to poison one of Rick subs. Uh huh. So. Um, like how poison? How he uh, he? I'm not sure what the substance was, but he put something in, you know, in like one of the layers of meat. I guess it was like a ham and Swiss, and uh, you know, some sort of pepperoni or meatball, and you know, he put some sort of pill in there. It, it was, you know, it, it was dumb, and he he knows it, he knows it was dumb. So he tried to kill another man because he, he of didn't he didn't try to kill him. He thought it would just kind of turn him off from eating subs, you know, from here on out. Um, now you talk about that era. Now let's uh, move a little forward on the Black Tiger thing. Uh, we uh, the the band was pretty much when when the onset of uh, grunge showed uh, up. That G- pretty the, much the G word, right? The G word, uh, I guess, is that what you call it? Uh, among other things, yeah. When grunge showed up, that was pretty much the final nail in the coffin for hair metal. Well, that's that's when things really got bad for us, you know. Uh, you know when when grunge came to town, and uh, I'll be honest, to, to this day I still cannot figure out why people were and, and are into that stuff. You know, it's like if if you had the choice between four four slobs dressed as lumberjacks and four shirtless, good-looking guys in tight black jeans and high-top leather sneakers, who who would you choose? And scuba gear. And, well, you know, I mean, some of us, yeah. Yeah. Well. uh... Uh, I guess I would, I, um, uh, I'm not going to let my own tastes, uh, enter this. So grunge pretty much wiped out the band. Well, you know, it, it was, um, basically here's what happened, okay? By not, by May of 91, things were not cool with us in RCA. We, we jumped to a Geffen, uh, subsidiary, mm-hmm. uh, called Granite Records. This is, this is in May of 91. Okay. And they had signed this new band and, uh. To me, it was the ultimate show of disrespect that Geffen allowed uh, this new band called Nirvana to call their record Nevermind, yeah. when they knew that our record that was coming out quite soon was also called Nevermind, and it would be out a full month between theirs. Uh-huh. I'm not sure what happened. Somebody really dropped the ball. Yeah, it seems like it's always someone else's fault. I'm, uh, you know, if, 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 if it was my fault, I, I would definitely take accountability. Uh-huh. You know, uh but it just coincidentally it isn't. Well, you know, I mean, it, it, like I said it was a lack of it was a total lack of respect. Uh, I I could never get a handle on what uh those guys were singing about, you know. I mean, t- to us teen spirit was the way a young groupie showed her enthusiasm for Black Tiger backstage, you know. Uh-huh. But uh but it's the kind of thing where obviously the Nirvana nevermind was the winner in that battle. Oh, well, not to everybody, but uh, you know, it uh, it definitely stirred things up. I, I know I did an interview with Circus Magazine. Remember Circus Magazine? Sure. Saying that uh, Nirvana was a flash in the pan, that I was going to eat my shorts if uh, their Nevermind sold more than ours. Which it obviously did. Uh, how many copies did your Nevermind sell? How many copies did uh, Nevermind by Black Tiger sell? Uh, it did, did about 80,000. Mm-hmm. 
Eighty thousand copies. Yeah. And theirs sold uh, something like. I think uh, it, like, it did like a million. Uh, I think it did way more than a million. I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't seen figures lately, but uh, you know, it, it, it kind of sucks because they they kept selling more and more records, and I had to keep backing up what I said. Mm-hmm. And eventually, all anyone wanted to talk about was. Me personally, not just Black Black Tiger. Me versus Grunge, and uh, you know, Sammy and Gordo and Randy were were very mad at me because that's what we became known for by you know at, at that point, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm the kind of person who can't let go of something, and uh, I need to follow it through, and and I did, and I just I wouldn't let it lie at that point. So you you uh, you were kind of seen as the guy who hated Grunge. Yeah, definitely. And it kind of became personal. Oh, definitely. You know, it, it got to the point where I was I was contacted by the Howard Stern show. Uh huh. About uh, going on the air and having it out with Cobain. Yeah. And uh, at least that's what I thought was going to happen. It, it turns out it turns out he chickened out. Uh huh. One of their management people said that that they never knew about it, but you know, I I seriously doubt that. Anyway, they ended up having the basis for some band called Tad on the show instead. So it's me and the guy from Tad, and he ends up doing like 20 minutes of fart jokes. Uh-huh. I, I, I was so mad. I stormed out of the studio. Here's what happened, all right? Yeah. I ended up tripping on some ice outside the studio. Now this is for the Stern show. Exactly. Yeah. I broke my arm. We had to cancel a whole month's, of, uh, whole month's worth of dates with Little Caesar, Ugly Kid Joe, and Mr. Big. Well, that's too bad. It's uh, it stunk, you know, and then uh, then we we're on the road with Trickster and Bang Tango, and at uh, all, all the time that all the grunge crap was happening, and we found found ourselves getting in smaller and smaller venues, and we actually played a deli in uh, in DeKalb, Illinois, the night that Nirvana was on Saturday Night Live, which must have stung. Well, Gordo liked it, of course, but you know for the obvious reasons. But it, it was a, it was a big bummer, you know, for us, and uh, we all got into a fight that night. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what started it, but um, you know, it may have been that may have been the night that I told my brother that I've been sleeping with his wife for the last two years. And that's your brother. It, your brother's the drummer. It was that night. Yeah, yeah, Randy. Uh huh. Yeah, and and that was also the night that that we smashed uh, a Nirvana record on stage. Uh huh. So you know, and then it, it just got down into the. No, you say it, it kind of spiraled down. You know. And that was the final record that uh, Black Tiger put out. Oh no, 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 no! We had one more after that. And what was that called? Uh, it was called Live in the Jungle Plus Eight. And that's a live record. Yes, that came out in September of '93. Uh huh. Yeah. And how did that one do in terms of sales? It, it didn't do so good. Let's let's talk about what's going on now, okay? Well, I mean, I do need these sales figures. I guess I can get them from. Uh, from Geffen. Well, that wasn't on Geffen. Okay. Yeah. What what label was that on? That was on BTR. BTR. Yeah. B. Uh, and what is BTR? That uh, that was a label. That ha- they signed Black Tiger after. Uh... Yep. Yep. They did. Yeah. So you guys went into business with BTR. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now would BTR by any chance? Uh... Stand for Black Tiger Records? Maybe. How many copies did that final record sell, Ty? Um, 37. 
37 what? 30, 30, you mean like literally 37? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It, it, it got real bad distribution and promotion. Somebody really pulled a, pulled a choke job and totally dropped the ball. Uh-huh. Yeah, we hired some outside publicists to do that. So someone uh, dropped the ball again. Yeah. Yeah, it had nothing to do with, uh, even though, <laughs> how, but how could someone drop the ball if it was on BTR, Black Tiger Records, if you guys were the label? Right. Well, you know, in, in we were definitely, you know, at the head of the label, but we, did, you know, we were on the road and playing. We had to delegate, you know, so, you know, the people that we delegated to just, you know, pulled, pulled choke jobs. You know, and by that point, my my brother and I were really, you know, tooth and nail, you know, fighting it out, really. And uh, oh, those live shows were terrible. He he he, you know, he was still mad because I was uh, I was banging his wife. I had, I, I had been banging his wife, and uh, he'd get back at me by smearing dog feces on my mic, you know. And uh, I'd get I retaliate by putting a sheet of glass on his snare drum. And what would that do? Well, it was cut in the shape of a drum head. Uh-huh. So was, when he hit it the first time, glass would fly up in his face. Really? You know, it was, it was just two brothers fighting, you know. Yeah, well, that sounds a little more like just two brothers fighting. That sounds like two brothers trying to kill each other. No, you know, we play rough. Yeah, you know? and then after that, Black now that Black Tiger was completely debased and humiliated. Well, you know, what what, what was by, the, by final the, market, death, you know, but, the final death nail? Yeah. The final what, what? The final death nail. Death nail. That's why I said death nail. Spell? Can you spell nail for me? N a i l. No, it's a k n e l l. What's that? Death nail. Not nail. Never uh, mind. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Anyway, Sammy had developed really bad irritable bowel sy syndrome. Uh -huh. And it really got in the way of, of 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 the show. You know, we had to hire a guitarist to stand on on the side of the stage. You know, in case Sammy had to go and uh, you know turn on the on the Hershey factory. Uh, can I can I be honest with you for a second, Ty? Yeah. Um, I don't know if we're going to get you on VH1. Why? Because actually, this is not VH1. What is it? I'm calling from a radio station. A WFMU. Well, if you want to do an interview, you should just just said that at the beginning of it. Well, I, I really kind of didn't. My name's Tom, actually. It's not Edmund. I actually didn't want to do an interview. I kind of wanted to jerk you around as a little bit of payback. For what? I had an experience with you in the uh, past, and you uh, you really. Back when you guys were the kings of the world in 1988, 1987. Right. Um, you were from Newbridge, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where, and uh, Do you remember you put down Newbridge so much? Well, I remember, you know, that's where I grew up, and, you know, I was not treated especially well. And I'll be honest, we, I definitely, and the band definitely bolted uh -huh. as soon as we could to, to Hollywood, yeah. Yeah, but on the way out, you guys said some pretty harsh things about Newbridge. We did, you know. We said it smelled like a, you know, like a sewer. We said that uh, it was full of, you know, 
had her ass and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was from Newbridge, but that's not even what I'm complaining about. Do you remember doing an interview with uh, someone writing for the uh, school paper for the uh, Newbridge Community College? My God, what? Uh... It was back in I think, probably like October of '87. Uh, okay, we would have been working on the record at that point and pl- probably playing like a big, a big uh, homecoming show, right? You guys were actually playing a show out of town. And you were on a, uh, uh, I guess it was, a, I remember it being your first tour bus. Okay. Because I, I think you guys were signed by then, working on the record. Yeah, And yeah. starting to do shows out of town. Where was the show? I think it might have been, uh, you might have been doing a, a kind of like an open air thing at uh, the Garden State Arts Center. I remember that, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, well... Uh, I was on the bus that day, and it was I was supposed to interview you guys for the school paper okay. from your hometown, and you guys, and you in particular, right. really kind of uh, humiliated me. I don't I don't know if you remember. How? I, refresh my memory. What, Do you what remember you? someone uh, doing an interview with you, and then you blindfolding him? I, I, I do remember this. What? You do? I hope you do. That was me. We didn't. We didn't um, take 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 this guy's clothes off, did we? You. This is. This was you. This was me. Oh jeez! Oh my god! We. What else did we do? I'm trying to remember it all. I know. I know. We definitely got your clothes off. Yeah. What it was? I was uh, trying to interview you. And you guys were really being arrogant and saying that for you know that you would answer questions only if I uh, took all my clothes off except my underwear. <laughs> and then you blindfolded me, and then I did uh, thirty uh, push-ups. The push-ups, I do remember it now. Yes, on the the bus. Right, and I, if I can recall, you were only able to do twelve. Is that right? Uh, well, I wasn't able to do 30, I think. I, I, I don't know where, what yeah. number I landed on. But. And I do remember, okay, I do remember this, yes. Oh, my God. We always, we talked about that for about at least two years after that incident. Well, you know what you, obviously, you, uh, I, when I was blindfolded doing You're this Tom, push-up. right? Yes. We used to, whenever we would play a show or something and there'd be like this loser on stage crew guy like from a local crew uh-huh behind his back we would call him tom because in reference to you well that's charming but i guess for the sake of my audience i should let them know you uh i did i tried to do the push-ups and then you guys threw me out of the uh bus out on the uh parkway and I, I had no, I didn't have my wallet. I didn't have my keys. I didn't have uh, money. And I had to walk for like two miles in the woods uh, down the down the middle of the Garden State uh, Parkway. And it was horrible. And I know you think it's hilarious. Well, at least it wasn't winter. It was winter. Oh, okay. 
Well, it was October, so it was cold enough. It was yeah. fall. And I have never forgotten that. And then I watched you guys, uh, against my wishes, go on to become huge. And then, thankfully, I watched you guys bomb. Hey. And then bomb again. Hey. And then bomb again. What? And then just completely tank out. And you don't know how satisfying it is to know that you sold 30, what, 37 copies of your, your final record? Right. That's hilarious to me. And now you guys are, you guys are still playing around, which, I, I, as best I can tell, there's more than one Black Tiger. Well, yeah, there were, as recently as 2000, there were five of them. There were five bands, yeah. Black Tiger, even though there were only four members. Well, there was mine. Sammy had one and uh, that he formed in 99. Um, and then Gordo had one that was called Gordo Hansen's uh, Black Tiger. Uh-huh. That, you know, uh, didn't last long. And then Randy also had one. Yeah. That uh, ended quickly. And then also, Randy was such a dummy because he, he married this total troll, this total wench. And she ended up somehow sharing all, everything with him. And so she had her own Black Tiger. So there was a woman. Hers, yeah, hers was called Black Tigress. Really? Yeah, she played congas. They, they sounded like Miami Sound Machine, you know. And that was representing Black Tiger. Exactly, you know. Well, good. So you were pretty mad that fans must have been confused by that. Oh, totally, I mean, because... I wasn't in those bands. You were in the Black Tiger, sorry, exactly. but I was in Ty Clark's Black Tiger. You know, in in two thousand, we we had this agreement that we could each, you know, use parts of the name or you know or something. You know, I I ended up with Ty Clark's Black Tiger, and I can I can use the original font. Sammy, his band's called Black Tiger, featuring Sammy Sinclair. He can use the inflatable tiger. Uh huh. Gordo, Gordo, his is called Gordo Hanson and the, and the Black Tiger Band. So he can use the inflatable tiger. Sammy yeah. can use the inflatable tiger, which was huge. It was big, yeah. And I would doubt he's playing anywhere even remotely accommodating of a I w you massive know, I know, inflatable tiger. I know he almost inflated it halfway up to fit in the penalty box in Morristown, but I don't think it, would, it fit in really. Which is a sports bar, I believe. Exactly, yeah. You know, so it, yeah, it was so confusing that no one, no one came to the shows because they didn't know what who was in the band at this point. You know? Uh huh. So, so, yeah. so ultimately, the fans uh, couldn't even find the, what you consider to be the real Black Tiger, right? Yeah, which is hilarious to me. It's not hilarious at all. It's very hilarious. What, what do you do now? Obviously, there's no way Black Tiger could be paying the bills for you. Oh, well, you know, I do, I've done all kinds of things since, you know, the heyday of the band. I, I, I have not been, I don't feel like I've lost any momentum at all. Uh, uh, oh, you know, oh, I, I, I tried to get a solo deal. Uh-huh. But it was, it was kind of tough going. Uh, you know, everyone around me made bad choices, you know, material, what label to go to, where to play, you know, just all, all around bad advice. How come everything is not your fault? 
I, I'm just telling you how it was, son. You know, it was... Uh, son. Yeah. You're telling me how it was. Exactly. That you know, it, it was the fact that it was... You, I you, take full responsibility for, for surrounding myself with, with, with uh, choke jobbers and uh, ball droppers. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, uh, so eventually I ended up getting offered a demo deal with Rhino Records, which I found very insulting. You know, here, uh, here's a, a, a million, multi-million record seller getting a demo deal from a comedy label. You know? Yeah. They saw me as kind of this Marky Mark kind of thing. You know, it was, it was stupid, but I tried it. You know, but it, it, it just wasn't me. It was kind of like this, you know, kind of rhymy rock, uh, uh, very much a, a forerunner of, of, of the rap rock thing. Really? Yeah, this is 94, so, you know, it, in a way you've got me to thank for, you know, a lot of that stuff. To, to thank for what stuff? Like Limp Biscuit, Corn, Puddle of Mud. I, I was really the first to do it. Really? Yeah. I did notice one thing, though. Uh, well, thank you for creating that terrible music. Um, I did notice one thing online. You actually had some kind of thing, some tribute to your son. Right. That you were trying to sell, like, a father's song to his kid or something exactly. like that. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I did, and it was called it was called Danny's song, and uh, basically it was it was about my uh, son who was very sick, and uh, you know, uh, but then you know some people. Um, what do you mean sick? You know, he had uh, you know very you know uh, you know very heavy internal uh, you know diseases you know uh but uh then someone had to spill the beans and um what kind of internal diseases you know uh stomach ailments and liver uh you know de deformities grotesquenesses you know things like that uh-huh you know but uh is he okay now well, do you want me to just come clean on this? I mean, it's, it, sure. it's already out there. Well, let's get the story. Okay. I don't have a son. I never did. So, so wait, I'm confused. You you made up the fact that you had a son. Yes. So that you could put a song out that was a tribute to him. Yes. It was right when that after that Clapton song was so big. And what was the song called? Pardon me? The it, song... it was called Danny's Song. And then in, in parentheses was, I, I'll always love you, bud. Uh-huh. Could you give us some of that now? I'd love to hear some of this oh, song. Oh, it was like, I don't have a guitar or anything, yeah. but okay, it was like, Danny, my boy, I'll always love you, especially when you're looking down on me, and your mother would love you, bud. Uh, that would, that, that's a little bit of it, you know. But, and uh, and the kid doesn't exist. Either did the mother. Either did the, well, you are. But uh, but there was a chance you could make money on it. Well, yeah, I, I this was coming off a bad acting string too, you know. I I, uh, I start I started getting some acting gigs, you know. Uh, I was actually on a, an episode of Major Damage, mm -hmm. which of course was the. Uh, 1995 show that starred uh, Fred Dreyer as a retired military officer. Remember uh -huh. that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. Well, I played I played his daughter's rock star crush. You know. Uh huh. But my agent sucked, and he dropped the ball. And the only other other gig that I got was uh, 
this commercial for Elger. What's that? It's a toilet company. A toilet company. Yeah. So you you were doing toilet commercials. Yeah. Well, as what a music. No, as a guy that. This is so satisfying. A guy that you know had to run to the toilet. It was based <laughs> the the gist of the thing was about how heavy duty the heavy duty flushing mechanism uh-huh. of the toilet, and yeah. I was a guy that had a lot of stuff to put in the toilet. So you, so you have completely. Let's just make it official. Ty Clark has bottomed out. I'm not as bad as Randy or Sammy or Gordon. Yeah, oh, only by comparison. So, but as as your own as your own leader of this rock band, how how far the mighty have fallen? Can I tell you what Gordo's been doing? What? He started a deli. Yeah. But it went out of business. Because he was always challenging the customers to sub-eating contests. Yeah. Nobody wanted to come in there anymore. And, but was, here, here's, here's the zinger. You know, you know how when you're younger, your metabolism is, like, quicker? Sure. Well, it's changed. And he, had, he, kept, he kept, you know, the intake of the subs, and he ballooned up to 350. Well, that just meant that I, 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 uh, I would now almost kind of want to see a Black Tiger reunion. I don't know how we're gonna do it without Randy. Randy's in the uh, Randy's in the old butt hut. The what? The uh, butt hut. Jail. Yeah. And for what? A lot of legal problems. Uh, armed robbery, arson. Uh, he kidnapped a statue. Just kind of went nuts. So he had a real breakdown. Yeah, he had he had a real thing for the statue too. I'm not sure. No one really knows why he did it. A statue. Yeah, it was like some statue of like some sort of like Newbridge uh, founding father or something. So, what is it like to taste total failure? I I, I have not. I haven't. I've had a rich and full life, son. Uh huh. Son, where? What are you doing uh, these days with yourself? Oh, I. What, I, what pays I, I the bills? Little, I have a little a home studio. Uh huh. That I, I I'm recording a new album. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I, I do that after work. Well, <laughs> you're, you're, so you're not, the three million album seller is now, you have a day job. Well, you know, uh, let me just, uh, on, on my behalf, you know, on my, uh, uh-huh. my defense, uh, once again, surrounding myself with uh, a bunch of jerks and losers and oh. know-nothings. Who, it's always someone who, else's who, fault. You listen to me, who didn't invest my money properly. Massive yeah. choke jobs all around. I fired everybody, and now I'm sure left you, with, you know, with zero, you know, uh-huh. behind a snack bar. Yeah. Bob, wait, what? Behind a snack bar, I heard you say. Uh, what snack bar? What? <laughs> what snack bar? What snack bar what? What snack bar are you working at? Skate Village. Skate Village, which is like, what? A, what is that? That's a roller rink. Northern New Jersey's oldest roller rink. When did you move back to Newbridge? Uh, 97. And who? where do you live? You live with your mother? No. With your father? Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, this is so great.
The Mighty Thai Law. I got I got the whole basement. Uh huh. Yeah. That you just think you're so Thai. I called you Thai Law. That's a football player, I think. Ty Clark. That's me. Yeah. The only the only thing you're tying now are uh, the the roller skates of uh, <laughs> of customers. Only when Jerry doesn't show up. Yeah. Well, do you have any regrets about treating people this way? Maybe thinking karma got you where you are. I don't believe in that Islamic stuff. Um, you know, it, it's sort of like, you know. I do take some responsibility for you know for some of the bad things in my life. Uh huh. Like ten percent. Yeah. But the rest of it, like I said, man, I wish I had made better choices of who to surround myself with. The only people you surround yourself with, the only responsibility you take, is in the fact that idiots messed up your great stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Of course, and I want I, I want I want the story to come out, and I you know I've, yeah I was a little disappointed that that this wasn't VH1 because I think it would have made a really intriguing story and it would have really set the, the record straight on on the band you know Black Tiger what happened you know but I know we'll get signed again and I'm I'm you know uh, so you're comfortable you're going to come all the way back oh totally totally. <laughs> What? What? That's so funny. The Stones did it, and the Stones are. The Stones back. never went away. Oh, they sort of went away. No, they didn't. Emotional rescue. Yeah, that was still huge. Uh, I don't know. Not, not when you compare it to the the other ones. You, know? you oh, so in your home studio right now, you are writing the song that's going to bring you back. Oh yeah. I just wish I could. I I had speakers down here. I'd play it for you. You don't even have speakers in your well, your. It's it's too loud for my dad. My dad's kind of a crab. You know? I love it. Well, I got to play through. You know, I I can't even play through an amp. I got to go directly into the, into the uh, four track, a uh, three track when the track is busted. And what is there one song that's going to be the one that that turns it around? Pro- oh, uh, there's at least five of them. I think you know. Uh, any uh, any chance you could give us a. Uh, Little scrap. Uh, I could, I could probably just, you know, sing something for you, you know. Really? Yeah. Um, now, is this a, a, a Ty Clark composition, or is this a? Uh... Uh, well, you know, I, I don't want to give it all away, but I'm hoping to, uh, I'm hoping to get it back together with the guys. Definitely, uh-huh. yeah. You know, I mean, look at uh, look at Poison. Poison are, are back. You, you know playing those summer tours you know I'm, I'm hoping we can get on one of those tours definitely yeah you know so all, all you have to do is uh get your brother out of jail one uh get your uh we got to get gordo down to a respectable two, <laughs> 220 yeah so you got to get him to lose 130 pounds yeah we got and we got to get sammy uh, <laughs> i don't know some sort of pepsi endorsement or something i don't know but uh <laughs> Maybe so like in, great. I don't know. They do like in, those kind of like infusions, or was it like a drip? You are such a loser. Hey. So what? Give us some of the song that's going to bring Black Tiger back. Okay. Well, here's a song that uh, I'm working on. Uh, it's called Roxy Music. Uh, I'm not sure where the title came to me or anything, but it's like Go Roxy Music, go, R- go running on down the road. Go Roxy Music, go. 
know I love you so. You're coming back. I'm I, doing it. I can tell that song. Roxy Music. I'm looking right now at Billboard magazine. About a dancer. About an exotic dancer. I'm looking at Billboard magazine, uh, March 2005. And it says Black Tiger on the charts. Wait, where'd you read Number this? one. No, I'm predicting. It's in there? I'm predicting. Okay. Black Tiger, number one. I can feel it. Can you? Yeah, I, I can. But wait, I'm okay, the chart, I'm looking at the chart here. Right, right. And it... Uh, number one, you said, right? Yeah, okay. number one in terms of uh, ultimate uh, factory rap douches. What? Oh, I love it. You treated me like garbage when I was uh, uh, 18, and now you're paying the price, and I love it. Well, uh, I don't know what to uh, All I can say is uh, you're a jerk. Really? Yeah. And all I, I was I was right to throw you out. Yeah. Yeah, no, you were wrong, and that's why you're in such bad, uh, uh, such a bad place. We'll be back. Don't worry. I can't wait. Black Tiger. Black Tiger, we're, we're going to do it all over your face. Yeah. Hey, uh, I think you. What, how do you polish the rink at the end of the day? Like all those scuff marks and everything. Is there like a uh, a cart that goes around there with like brushes on it? I wish. It's a huge broom. <laughs> I love it. You know what this sucks is... the, the worst? What? They got this solution that they make you put down twice a week. Yeah. Totally screws up your sneakers, the, the treads on your sneakers. Your white puffy sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. Good riddance. Good riddance, Ty Clark. I'm going to get you. As soon as I get a car, I'm going to get you. <laughs> so great. I think we lost him. Thanks for listening to another episode of Best Show Gems. This is a sampling of the full three-hour Best Show on WFMU, which can be heard each and every Tuesday night live at WFMU.org. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. until midnight Eastern Standard Time. You can listen anywhere on the globe at WFMU.org. If you're in the New York area, you can listen over your radio at 91.1. If you're in the Hudson Valley area, outside of New York City, check out the show at 90.1. And if you need more information on the show, go to friendsoftom.com. That is the best show on WFMU website. I want to thank a few people who are uh, instrumental in making sure this show takes place every other week. I want to thank Martin DeGrell, who is the executive producer of Best Show Gems and the curator of this program. Thank you, Martin. Mel Matsuoka, who is the, uh, the man who has been in charge of the entire Best Show and WFMU archiving for ages now. He is the architect behind this whole thing. None of it would be happening without you, Mel. Thank you so much. John Worcester, of course. Thank you for all the stuff uh, you do and we do together. You're the funniest dude alive. AP Mike for all your work helping keep the show running smoothly. I want to thank Spoonie for coming up with the Best Show Gems logo. And again, if you want to listen to a full episode of the Best Show on WFMU, go to WFMU.org. There are archives up there covering the entire decade plus of the Best Show on WFMU. They're all waiting up there for you to listen to at WFMU.org. And thank you for listening to this, and we hope to... Uh, 
have you hear us soon. I don't know if you're hearing it or not. I'm going to assume you are. So thank you so much, and uh, we will see you soon. Bye.